Hey folks, welcome back to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends do a deep dive recap into romance novels while generally being ridiculous and supportive of each other's antics. This week's Patreon shout out goes out to Haley J. Haley, you are a naiad, a demigoddess who makes her home in fresh water. Like the spring you inhabit, you're energetic, bubbly, and crucial to the well-being of those around you. A rich, vibrant, serene home life is incredibly important to your vitality. So you're careful to curate a space and environment which allows you to thrive and stay inspired. Nurturing, beautiful, and protective. Your nature is to give of yourself, and your intellect needs to be fed, just like the plants that surround your lush space. And now, let's jump in to A Princess in Theory by Alyssa Cole. This will be part one because the squeeze is strong with this one. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. I'm feeling good about this. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> Six. (laughs) (laughs) Your whole mood went complete 180 between five and six just now. I know. You know what? I was thinking about that the other day. And um, because I was like, a lot of times when I sit down and we're doing the technical stuff and you're asking me if I'm on the right Wi-Fi and I'm like making sure my printer doesn't shit the bed and I'm doing all the things, it feels really stressful. But then the moment we hit record, I remember that I just fucking love this. It's just hanging out. All we're doing is hanging out. We're just hanging out. It's hanging out. And then like people give us good feedback mostly. (laughs) Like, I don't know how I got so fucking lucky. Yeah. You're all like, I don't have my notes. I don't have my notes. I'm like, they don't fucking care. We could forget the whole plot of the book. They wouldn't care that much. It's okay. They're so nice. They're so okay. Um, You want to know what I did yesterday? What? I worked at an arts festival with Michael for the comic shop, and it was so much fun. Sounds fun. Oh, my Jesus. So, you know, we did the whole booth setup and everything, which is fine. And Mama Chen and ember's aunt came over to hang out with him so that he and i could like actually do things i met this really nice lady she's um she works with glass she makes like these baller most beautiful like bongs bowls no like bongs, um, bowls no <laughs> i see what you did there yeah no like She makes necklaces. She makes all these sorts of things. She's super talented and so nice. And we just bonded. And then I went back and forth to like put Ember down for his nap and do all the things. And then I got back and Michael that night, Mama Chen didn't talk to me about it, but apparently (laughs) she had been sitting there with Ember and he was quietly like putting blocks together and all that sort of thing. And then she just hears him go, God damn it. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yes, 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 yes. I was so caught. I was so caught. Oh, man. Nothing's better than a child cursing. It's my (laughs) most favorite thing. (laughs) I know. Sitting there. God 
damn it. And Michael's like, I don't say that. Who could say that? And I was like, Alexa, I'm certain yeah. of it. It wasn't me, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was so caught. Oh, well. That's why daycare is great because <laughs> you get to blame things yeah. on. Because I was going to say, just tell her she learned it. He learned it from the daycare and that she taught him something that was, but no, 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 mm-hmm. you can't no, do that. You can't do that. That's, I am that's also the, responsible for daycare. <laughs> that's the downside of staying at home. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to need to watch my mouth a tiny bit more because nah. my nah. house. Oh, oh, did I tell you about the stub toe incident? Of of like four months ago, you stubbed your toe four months ago. No, <laughs> no, floored that you didn't tell me. <laughs> no, Ember, I think he stubbed his toe or something like that. Oh no, you're right. I stubbed my toe, and I said, "Oh fuck!" And then, like, just I mean, it was just off the handle. I try. I'm not good at it, but I try. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and then not 15 minutes later. He's running around and he goes, oh, puck. It's <laughs> like, my house is no longer a safe place. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard my mom say fuck. Really? It was, I was in college. I was a freshman in college. No. And I was home and she was ironing something. And the iron just tipped forward. You know, when you put it down, <gasps> it just tipped forward a little yeah. bit. Not a crisis. All you do is you tip it back up again. Not a big deal tipped forward and she went fuck <laughs> and i was like wow this is the first time i've heard you say that word it's not really a big deal the <laughs> iron just kind of moved that's not oh i was convinced really you were gonna say it tipped forward onto her hand no 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 it was this was a very minor thing yeah and she was like well you've moved out and, and so it turns out she was holding the f word in <laughs> no. for 18 years until i moved what? out of her house what uh-huh. a saint yeah wow and she told me she's listened to some of the podcasts now and she's like you sure say fuck a lot and i was like <laughs> yeah it turns out both of us were holding it in until i moved out bottling it up yeah, and now i've given you an outlet yeah <laughs> all right so can i just say how much i loved this book this is such a good book I, was, I don't I was getting a little worried because there were so many people on Twitter and Facebook yeah. saying that a duke by default was head was and shoulders so, good. so much better than a princess in theory. Oh, I didn't and, see the comparison. Oh, yeah, several people were like, oh, I didn't like a princess in theory because of the like impot because of the big lie, basically, like they couldn't get into it because of him or like it oh. just, basically just either that pissed them off or a duke by default is just way better. I mean, don't get me saying. wrong. I cannot wait to read a Duke by default. No, I've we, already purchased know. it. It's going to happen. But it but, got to the point where I said, either it was on the cult or on Twitter, I don't remember, but I commented and I was like, hey guys, is this to the point where we should read a Duke by default instead of a princess in theory? Right. And a couple people were like, yeah, we think you uh, should. And I was like, oh no, is a princess in theory kind of a dud? And then it's the sequel everyone loves? Not even close. No, fuck you guys. Yeah, fuck all y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I would have missed out on this and just read the second one. How this dare is you? so good. How dare all of you? How dare you? And your opinions. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Gelato teenagers. Gelato teenagers. God. If you don't agree with us, you need to yeah. shut up. You can get, get out. out of here. Get out. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. They don't even oh know. my god. Like, we hadn't even read the book at the time. They wouldn't even I know. know if they agree with us or not. <laughs> oh my goodness. I loved this book so hard. I loved that they were both such distinct characters with fleshed out references and personalities. It was so nice like to to have a people from two different cultures who actually read that way whereas we've read mm-hmm. books before i am not besmirching the name of grace goodwin but like in her books they're literally different species who've never interacted before and, and sometimes just like slang slang all, all over the place <laughs> yeah and they have like the same cadence and everything and, and this not the case oh it's so good this book we've said before that a book has everything this book really does have everything. This book yeah. has awesome ladies in science. This book has fake dating. This book has forced mm-hmm. proximity. This yeah. book has billionaire. That's this right. This book has uh, <laughs> uh, uh, inclement weather snowed in situation. Oh, my God. A oh, my God. in disguise. Whoa. Like, Whoa. it literally has everything. Yeah. It has a slight betrayal that, that like, makes sense on both sides. I think that's the one thing. I'm such a moral relativist mm-hmm. that it's really easy for me to get over things like, well, of course he was lying. He told you why he was lying. He felt really bad about it. Why couldn't you get into it? I could see his struggle in this book. I could see his struggle, but I, I got her struggle. Oh, no, too. no. I got her struggle, too. Like, I, I wasn't angry at either of them. I'm just not a reader who will say I couldn't get into it because of the lie or I couldn't get into it because of the cheating or I couldn't get into it because of whatever, because none of that usually matters for me because I can I can sort of put myself in the shoes of the character. And if it's written well. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Alyssa Cole. Hi. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, we read A Princess in Theory. Oh, good idea. Which is part of (laughs) Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series. (laughs) And recently, the second book in the in the series, uh, uh, Duke by Default, Default came came out. out, And it is universally loved. Yeah, I can't, can't wait. wait. I, I really need a hot mess heroin in my life right now because that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling yeah. like I'm holding on by a thread. Like every version of my, like every part of my life is just thready and I'm just grasping. So I'm really stoked about reading A Duke by Default. There yeah. will undoubtedly be a Patreon episode about it, I'm sure. <sighs> so don't worry, I'll tell you about it. I know you have a lot on your plate. Yeah, <laughs> you <don't> have- <laughs> I want to read it so bad, but I gotta read Wall of Winnipeg, and it's 500 fucking pages, and guess what? It's not about hockey like I thought, and that's <laughs> bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to indicate that I'm not gonna like it, because I'm sure I'm gonna love it, um, but... No, it's like when you find out there's no worbs. Yeah, that's I, sad. It's in Winnipeg, right? <laughs> Jesus. I thought there was some sort of um, skater involved. I don't know. I don't know this. I don't know. I I just opened up the first page and it was like footballs. And I'm like, no, that's not what I expected. Oh, it's footballs. Anyway, this is not what we're talking about. This is not what we're talking about. Okay. So we have, um, we have Naledi uh, Smith and Tabiso Mushushu. Mushushu is such a great name. It is. It's so good. I was wondering if it was like Mushushu or Mushui Shui. Because it's like, it's spelled like shoe, like your foot. So it oh, could be yeah, it is. It is. I, it no, I, okay, so I did two you things. You Googled it up. Okay, so, no, I did three things now that you, <laughs> now that you mentioned it. Um, I Googled my face off, could not get a consensus on a lot of the names that are in here. I mean, it is a, it's a fictional it's country, totally, yeah. so I get it. 
But I was like Googling similar names. I was doing all the things. Yeah. Then I DM'd Alyssa Cole last you night. You did? I did. I did. I did. Did she DM me back? <laughs> Wait, let me do it in order. No. Wait, no. <laughs> Don't do it in order. <laughs> she DM'd me back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, from our account? Yeah, bro. You didn't see any of it. Ha. No. <laughs> so I DM'd her and I was like, hey, you know, this is what we do. And also, if you can possibly take the time to help me not be ignorant, I promise I've done the work. I just want to be sure. Like, here's how mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it. I did like, you know, the phonetic spellings and everything. And then I was like, you know what? I may as well just use one of my Audible credits. And then I got the audio book as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but we've also been burned by but that. Audible is not always right. Yeah, we've been burned hard. Audible burned us one time. That's right. So I wasn't sure. And then this morning, I got the DM back from her and only one of them was wrong. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one that was wrong? Boom, shakalaka? I can see that. <laughs> Okay, so chapter one opens up and uh, it's a bunch of these very incessant emails Um, and it's it's obviously a scammer to anybody who's ever been emailed by the representative of an African prince, obviously a scammer. She is the fiance, the long lost fiance of an African prince and the first email... (laughs) <laughs> the the sender being Lakotsi, I'm guessing. Yeah, Lakotsi. Lakotsi Adelaide mm-hmm. at the the email is great because it's her name and then it's at Kingdom of the Solo. Yeah. T A G. Not an email. <laughs> so great. And and the very first email is like, as we need to verify your identity before we take any further steps, we need your everything. We need everything, including a vial of blood. (laughs) Scan of your license, passport, up-to-date medical records. Yeah. Uh, If you could put some of your eggs into an envelope for us and send it to this address, (laughs) we would enjoy that. (laughs) And so, you know, it keeps on going on and she just keeps on deleting them without responding or doing anything else. So then we get to meet Naledi. She is a grad student of epidemiology. She's a former foster kid, lifelong foster kid. She aged out of the system. In New York City. In New York City. Uh, She's an all-around badass uh, woman of color in a very white male-driven world. And she is, or field, um, and she is so adorable while navigating that like and so much patience i, I feel like imagine we could have an entire podcast just based on chapter one. Oh, we absolutely could just chapter one on i think chapter... going around her lab encountering oh. people and reacting to it like, yeah. <laughs> it's so spot on perfect oh it is a goddamn master class it's amazing mm-hmm. so she always wanted to be a scientist because she saw a National Geographic cover of a black lady holding a test tube and the article was all about the study of diseases. And since then, she also wanted to do that because, guys, representation matters. Yeah. And uh, it's so good. It says, the scientist had been trying to cure a mysterious disease and Letty had gleaned from the image not only that she wanted to do the <gasps> same thing, but also that she could. Oh, important. Important. Um, but also, okay, 
I so she has a guy that works with her at the lab named Brian who just Ugh. keeps all of his work onto her. Fucking Brian. Alyssa Cole gets it so spot on what it's like to be the only women in an entire office or maybe unit of men. Um <laughs> I'm just just putting words out there. Oh, can I can I read her description of Brian real uh, quick? Sure. Okay. She says that she always has to talk to Brian in a pleasant but deferential tone just mm-hmm. to be sure that he'll respond correctly. And she goes, Brian was super fun to work with. On her first day, she introduced herself and he asked her to take out the trash more frequently. He thought she was the cleaning woman. Mm-hmm. He often stopped to explain basic concepts to Letty and Letty alone during meetings while asking Kevin, the newbie, for his advice on how to run things. So fun, that Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just dripping with disdain. It's so good. I've never had that experience where people keep explain. Like, I never really had a mansplaining issue Uh. being the lady lawyer around in the army. But I definitely have always had the problem of like, throwing out an idea and then the man next to you also says the idea and then they're like great idea mike and i'm like oh no, yeah no, 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 no. did you am i invisible am i yeah. silent uh-huh. <laughs> like ugh. so brian asked her to do more bullshit work he sees the two people who apparently have quote-unquote nothing to do one of whom kevin the newbie is like literally watching something on his phone and laughing out loud <laughs> while letty is like doing stuff Mm-hmm. And anyway, he backs her into a corner about finishing his grant proposal because he didn't get it done before he left for a trip. It's due this week. It's now Letty's emergency, which is such bullshit and so every day. Right. And oh, man, this is beautiful, though, because one of the other things I love about this is that there's so much showing not telling mm-hmm. and the way that the characters react to certain things because of their backstory are just perfect and gorgeous. And she's about to like she really wants to tell him no she really wants to question him again right and then it says she learned early on that challenging the people who held power over you made you undesirable and undesirability meant gathering all your things into a black plastic trash bag and being sent back to the group home Mm -hmm. it's like oh no can i just say this book also like tripled my desperate want to be a foster parent someday <laughs> like oh yeah. i want to take care of all the babies <laughs> okay so during this time we meet portia a little bit or portia says that she wants letty to come out she texts her and says we're having an opening at the gallery where i'm interning tomorrow night free wine and cheese you love free wine and cheese. <laughs> it says Letty loved free food and drink of all kinds. Mm-hmm. But if she went to this opening, she'd have to squeeze into the trendy art gallery with a hundred other like-minded people to obtain it. She also likely had to deal with drunk Portia and drunk Portia was not on Letty's miles long to-do list. So yeah. we've got a drunk best friend who's an artist named Portia and she is the heroine of a Duke by default. Yes. All right. The other thing we learn in this chapter, because she she talks about Portia a little bit, she has what she calls a social phospholipid layer, and it's her barrier against people getting in because once they get in, like Portia, she'll always worry about them and you know try to bend over backwards for them and and really sort of sacrifice herself, and it's against all of her instincts to beg off from Portia, but. Mm-hmm. 
she just feels like she has to do it because the rest of her world is so overbearing. Right. So she goes home, collapses on her futon. Um, You see her humble apartment where she keeps some rats and can't really afford anything at all except for ramen and futons. Yeah, they're mice that she um, that she rescued from the lab because they Mm -hmm. got out. (laughs) <laughs> she's doing penance because she's killed so many mice in her time <laughs> yeah. there. And we, she thinks about her dead parents a little bit because she keeps getting these emails from the kingdom of uh, the solo. And she yeah. keeps reminding her that she's not actually a princess betrothed to a king or whatever. Right. She's a orphan. And there's that beautiful moment where she's like, I wonder if they have a list of kids who have aged out of the foster system because they've devised this uh, very specific way to get us lured in. It's like, yeah. oh, honey. So then there's a pounding at her door. It's Portia and she's yelling that she has to use the bathroom like just as yeah. Letty goes to sleep. Portia is that friend that like you love her, but it's just a lot of work. Yeah, but God damn it. yeah i know it's just like but she's like okay well if i don't let her in she's just gonna wander around the world of course like she comes in like goes to the bathroom in her bathroom and like breaks some shit in there like oh god these friends are so hard to love but i do although she immediately immediately orders her new shit yeah she's like i broke your candle i am ordering you candle now (laughs) like (laughs) she they fall asleep together and it's adorable and as she's going to sleep she gets another email and she's finally so fed up because she just reached her boiling point. And so she responds, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and she also drifts off to sleep thinking, wouldn't it be nice if someone took care of me for once? Oh. So then now then, we're in the kingdom of the oh, solo. We, yeah. <laughs> we're in international plane. airspace, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and we meet and we're um, with. Prince Tabiso. Tabiso. Aunt Tabiso? Tabiso, yeah. Oh, I've been saying Tabiso. <laughs> We're with Prince Actually, Tabiso. Actually, that's, that's the way the audible person pronounces it, so. With a T-H? Yeah, but I, I wrote it out T-A-H, Tabiso, and she was like, that's right, so. Oh. Thanks, Hey-o. musical. Good job, Melody. <laughs> so we're on his private plane with his assistant, who's awesome, Lakotsi. Oh. Lakotsi's the best. She's the one that's been emailing uh, Letty this whole time. Yeah. And she's like trying to break it to him that because Lakotsi is just scandalized by this mm-hmm. response. She's like, I have been trying to be so nice and deferential and I have been giving her every opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he grabs the tablet from her and sees her response and just starts cackling. He thinks this is so hilarious and intriguing He's so used to women bending over backwards for him or being really subservient. He's so used to the lists and lists of women that his parents have been throwing at him who mm-hmm. just want to be like the perfect wife to a king. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want any of that. So basically, when he was a toddler, Ugh. he had been betrothed to another toddler named Naletti and there had yeah. been a betrothal ceremony where they got all flowered up and oiled up and stuff. That sounded mm-hmm. weird. But, you know, you throw oil it on did. them and stuff. Yeah, We're I got We're going to explain you. the oil later. It's maybe fine. anointed is the right. Instead anointed. of oiled up is maybe the right. Sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I imagine it, you know, like Rafiki and Simba. You know, like you take yeah, your yeah, thumb yeah. and you put something on somebody's forehead or whatever. But So there's sure. this, this picture of the two of them, like, at, at their betrothal ceremony as toddlers. It's very cute. And they're beaming at each other. Yeah. 
And she left at her family left the solo at some point in time. And that has been a betrayal on the kingdom. All the people have been very angry at her parents for leaving. Yeah, because they just disappeared. Yeah. And they were never heard from again. And left him high and dry without a betrothed. So he's always had this fairy tale fantasy. He grew up reading romance novels in the palace. Uh, but he's always had this fairy tale fantasy that like he doesn't like all these women that his parents are putting in front of him. But maybe like his betrothed will well, someday because return to him. The goddess Ingoka chose this girl chose for him. her for him. Yeah, she is for him, and no others are for him. That's yeah. simple. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he is tasked Lakotsi with trying to find Naledi because he. He's telling himself right now that it's because he needs to snuff out this hope. He's like, I can't be a king if I have all of these like stupid boyish fantasies in my head. And so mm-hmm. I need to just like move on with my life. And I will do that by meeting this lady who betrayed us all. Yes. <laughs> um, but the goddess Ngoka has other things in store for him. And because Naledi <laughs> yeah. sent in her DNA to some kind of 23 oh, yeah. style thing. Lakotsi has kind of found her or at Uh least narrowed it down. And then by narrowing it down, she was able to kind of look for people whose names were Naledi, which isn't her last name is Smith. So that's super popular. But I imagine there is not a ton of Naledi's wandering around the U.S. I'm sure there's a few, but not like her name's not Ashley. It's not Jane. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So um, she found her on a site called Girls with Glasses, Ooh. where she is a frequent poster. Um, and she believes that this Naledi in New York City, the epidemiologist, is the Naledi who is betrothed to it as a yeah. toddler. And so he's like, well, then you bring her to me as soon as we land. And she's like, you have well, diplomatic no. immunity. First, she's like, bring her to me. And she's like, we're, yeah. we're on an airplane. Oh, that's so- right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't. I can't yeah. do that right now, Your Highness. And he's like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, "You have diplomatic immunity, can, but can we not use it on kidnapping your yeah. betrothed? Yeah. That would be great." <laughs> also, she's like, I, "I forgot to tell you." Like she's saying, "I've been sending her emails," and she's like, "I forgot to tell you that while she did respond, the response was <laughs> what did she say? What did she say? It's less so good. than desirable or something like that. Less no. than optimal. Yes, <laughs> I believe her parents must have poisoned." her against you there can be no other explanation for this crass response to my perfectly polite messages hmm to be so scrubbed his thumb over the screen and his betrothed words slid into sight fuck off (laughs) the (laughs) smile that tugged his cheeks upward wasn't controllable and the laugh that followed was ridiculous so i like that it really uh, offended lakotsi oh yeah it makes him be kind of like him yeah yeah (laughs) All right, so then we launch ourselves into what I think is a perfect chapter, just Mm -hmm. FYI. I mean, there are many of them in this book, but this really just, it does so many good things. So we see Naledi at her second job because she doesn't have anybody to fall back on at all. And so she's got two jobs, plus grad school, plus she's really frugal, plus she found herself a rent control department. Like she is crossing her t's and dotting her i's and being the most responsible because she has no choice Mm -hmm. don't worry there's a brian there too named dan named named fuck my life dan (laughs) (laughs) or shit i have a shift with that asshole dan dan and he's having a complete emotional meltdown because he has taken this waiter job as a way to uh prepare for his novel and like slum it with the working people but he hadn't anticipated it being hard 
Because oh, wait, people want things from him, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, people keep like asking him to like bring them food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, poor Naledi just has no time for this. This guy, I I feel like it would be and later to be so like okay, last book. God, what yeah. was the fucking name? Margot. Yeah, if yeah. You had a coworker. If you were a farmer and Margot right. was your coworker. That's oh. that's what this would be like. It's yeah. like, do I have to touch eggs though, or like that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. So he's complaining. She's hilarious. She's cheeky. She's clever throughout all of her frustrations with him. She's he's also stopped her while holding an entire tray of food for a whole table. Then there's an astrophysicist that keeps asking her to bring him kale, not to eat, but for a demonstration. Uh-huh. But I love the moment where she's like, I can't even be irritated with him because he actually looked me in the eye and included me in his explanation to his colleagues, which is something my colleagues often won't mm-hmm. even do for me. Right. Yeah. Like, huh. Yep. So she goes back into the kitchen to get the kale and do the rest of her job and, and half of Dan's job. Mm-hmm. and slips on a tuxedo shirt that has that been dramatically Dan's. left on the floor because Dan has stripped it off and, and quit. Oh, my God. Have you ever been <sighs> present for a dramatic quitting? It's I have just, not. Oh, God. I've had it happen to me. I also once did it, but, like, I have been in her shoes where somebody, like, <laughs> dramatically quit in the middle of a shift and is like, come on, come on, are you kidding me? I know, right? Yeah, why are you heaping everything onto oh, God. me? Yeah. But I when I dramatically quit, it was at the end of my shift, and that's how you that's guys need right. to do it. If you that's right. are going to throw your staples polo at somebody, it's <laughs> at the end of your shift. <laughs> that's incredible. A lady called me a moron and my boss didn't back me up. She was like, This moron over here, and I was like, Nah, I've been at the staples for six years. I don't need this. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. And she gave How her a discount. You? She was like, <gasps> here's a coupon. You're right about this moron. And like, it was pretty clear. Like, she didn't say, she didn't say you're right. No, about no, this I know moron, that. Yeah. Yeah. But still, like, the uh-huh. customer is not always right, especially uh-huh. when you're a national chain mm-hmm. where, like, this lady buying number two pencils every six months is not going to put, set you back. This was Christmas <laughs> Eve, oh and this God. woman had come in needing a copy she wanted a glossy copy of a banana car like a car that was shaped by like a banana Uh uh-huh because she wanted to frame it i don't know why i don't know whose banana car it was but she wanted to frame it and give it as a gift to somebody so she wanted a copy of it on super glossy like you know good paper something she should have done three weeks ago probably because it was christmas eve at i think like 8 (laughs) p.m (laughs) <laughs> no matter how much I copied that thing, I couldn't get it yellow enough for this woman. And so oh finally, like, she was just like, you're a moron. And she said, I said something like, listen, I've worked with this copier for a lot. Like, this is as yellow as it's going to get. And she made some comment at me about like, well, you're like a college age and you're working at Staples sort of a thing. Like, you should be in college, but you're actually working at Staples. So you can't oh. be too smart sort of thing. And she called my manager and my manager's like, we're so sorry. Yeah, you can have a coupon. And I was like, no, fuck this. Christmas Eve, I'm done here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Triumphant. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back. So 
she's supposed to have this guy that's training that's supposed to also be training under her on this crazy night where they're already understaffed and dan quits so she's bending to pick up the tuxedo shirt and this man walks in like I think she says something like her vocabulary was set to damn he fine. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Here, wait, I've got it. Wait, yeah, wait, wait. Do. Oh, somewhere <laughs> I've got it. The problem is I've highlighted so much. That's the problem that I had with this book overall is that I just wanted to highlight all of it once again. All right. She was trying to sound bright and in charge, but her vocabulary center was stuck on damn he fine. Making <laughs> forming sentences a bit difficult. Um, here, Letty grabbed a fistful of kale from the chopping board on the counter and shoved it toward him. He looked from the greens to her face and back again, his brow furrowed in obvious judgment. But that is not in the description of him. Ahem. No, that's later. Um, she expected the researcher to be standing there asking for his kale. But instead, it is this guy who is tall, broad-shouldered, well-defined V of a body that announced that swimming was part of his workout regimen. He wore a forest green t-shirt and straight black leg jeans that fit snugly, but not enough to advertise his eggplant emoji. <laughs> she would have thought the pants were tailored, but who would tailor jeans? Mm, a, prince. Yeah, a prince. His skin was rich, dark brown, slightly darker than her own, with hair that was shaved on the sides and twisted into short, perfect dreads on the top. A well-maintained oh, beard framed boy. his lush lips and highlighted the sharp angles of his wide jaw instead of hiding them. Anyway, oh, there's more. Of oh, wait. Course. Yeah. So, wait. There. She goes into a detailed description of his beard. Yes. And then <laughs> says that she wants to experiment with the tensile pressure of his beard on her inner thigh. Yeah. Sharks, if you are listening and you have not read this book you need to read it as much as po- as soon as possible at least and, the beardy parts because she does I mean, experiment with that and it's oh good. boy and it is <laughs> nice uh, she experiments with his beard on many of her erogenous zones and yeah, i was does. into it <laughs> okay so uh my note so it, is after experiment with the tensile pressure of his beard i go science swoon yeah <laughs> Also, he stands there holding the kale for a long time because his. So we later find out that his plan was he was going to come into this kitchen, find her, and be like, "I am Prince Tabiso of the Solo, and yeah. you are Naledi. And why did your parents leave? And why have you forsaken me? And you are he my going to wow and, her, yeah, all that." But she's like, just shove this kale in his face because she believes him to be the trainee Jamal. Yeah, and so she, he's just standing there, and she's like, "Oh right, uh, I should probably put it on a, a good plate," and like puts it on a plate, and he's. Still just kind of standing there and she's like okay and then she like does some kind of flourish and like makes it more presentable and she's like yeah you're right presentation is important and then he's still he's still standing there and she's like i'll get you a tuxedo shirt to change into and then we can really start training then it says she made finger guns and a little tongue clicking noise at him before she could stop herself (laughs) what the hell where did that come from she turned and speed walked away seeking refuge in the walk-in fridge (laughs) oh my god my notes are She's goofy. She's adorable. She's bumbling and yet still smart. There are finger guns. guns. (laughs) She's thinking and she's like, you're an adult, Letty chided herself. Just because the finest, most lickable man you've ever seen in your real life is going to be working next to you all night is no reason to start acting like some classic 90s movie character. Yes. (laughs) She's so good. She's so good. Okay. So next chapter it switches to uh tabisa's perspective and Mm -hmm. he's decided he's going to impersonate jamal and get close to her and get to know her because there was no recognition on her face whatsoever and he cannot figure out why Mm -hmm. um so jamal shows up 
he pays him 20k to leave which yeah. is amazing yeah because he's like no you've been fired you've already been to place replaced because right. you're late you're 15 minutes late and he's like i need this job yeah he's like <laughs> i pay him off 20 grand right <laughs> get out of like, here wait you want me to give this guy 20 grand and he's like i buy <laughs> shoes for 20 grand just like right. figure it out you, you haven't said a word also don't pay him here pay him out Side. Yeah. Away from here. West Nuladi <laughs> Sea. I'm Jamal now. Yeah. So he said he's going to do this. He's going to miss a dinner with Omega Corp, which is mm-hmm. a corporation that wants to dig coltan on their land. And there's this finance minister that really wants this to happen. But he's like, this is more important. This is my betrothed. We will do this. <laughs> right. So he does really well at the setting up part. And they mm-hmm. have banter while they're setting up. Mm-hmm. And she's really impressed by his table setting because he needs to know table settings in every culture, basically, as a prince. And they have this, oh, man. They have this beautiful, natural conversation that flows from her description of the researchers who eat at the Institute changing the world to him asking if that's what she wants to do. And then into how that work's going to be impacted by like the powerful people uh, Mm -hmm. that can alter it or cut funding or do whatever. And he's like, well, do you think it's easy to have power like that? And she thinks for a minute and then says, well, if your goal is just self-aggrandizement and wealth, then yes. But Mm -hmm. if you actually want to do good, then no. And he really takes that to heart because he's become complacent of late. So he starts, the wheels start turning. Can I also talk about how he gives this kale to this researcher oh yeah <laughs> all right to be to be so sorry to be so dropped the plate onto the table with a loud ceramic thunk the man who had requested it took it took it up in his hand without even looking at him continuing to converse with his compatriots he had just waited on he had just been waited on by royalty and couldn't even manage a nod of gratitude son of a two-legged antelope to be so waited a moment longer for the recognition owed to him and then snatched the kale back i beg your pardon the man said clearly confused as he finally turned his gaze toward to be so your pardon is denied i just performed a task for you the correct thing to say in this situation is thank you to be so imbued each word with the disdain learned from years of etiquette lessons the man sputtered eyes wide behind his glasses and then stammered out a thanks to be so returned the kale to him you are welcome. He clapped his hands together. Now you must leave from this place, as I have been informed that there is work to be done for a later event. I give you permission to take this plate with you, as it is obviously of inferior quality and will not be missed. <laughs> it's so good. All right. I'm sorry. That was so long that I loved it so much. Like, it's, print stuff. It's perfect. Yeah. So then, however, serving is hell. Yeah. And he is terrible at it. He He's keeps on real bad. Dropping dropping salmons in people's laps and ice down people's shirts and yeah. he can't he can't navigate the crowd. He's spilling drinks. He's doing all the things. This big giant swimmer man is hefting up like he pulled his back on the trays and tiny Naledi is like, Why don't I do that for you? And and you just take the plates off. And he feels awful. He is horrified and ashamed that he's like making her life harder. And mm-hmm. um, so then she's like, hey, Jamal, will you join me in the kitchen for a moment? And he thinks that she's going to tell him off and fire him because that's certainly what he mm-hmm. would do. Like they just had a conversation about how he fired a masseuse for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And instead, she giggles and hands him a cupcake and is like, hey, 
it's okay to like be bad at your job on the first day. And also, she, you clearly lied on your resume. Yeah. Noted. Like, stop embellishing your resume. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. And then she tells him all about her first day as a lab assistant. Mm-hmm. How she, oh she my accidentally. Oh, so bad. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good, though. So she accidentally spilled gonorrhea virus all over her without wearing protective gear. She totally freaks out. And she puts the emergency wash system that's throughout the lab on because mm-hmm. she panics so hard. Tons of experiments are destroyed. It's nuts. And then he's his like, his response he, is ridiculous. Oh, his response is so bay. His response <laughs> ha- gave me. I, I I will tell you in just a moment. Oh, but oh he my goes, god, Melody! I cannot. Thinks, I didn't even. It didn't. <laughs> Aaron, even button it up. Okay. <laughs> he thinks that she's like oversharing by telling him that she contracted gonorrhea and he's like oh i know that those diseases often come with a stigma but they should not and then he's like as he told so many thessalonian teenagers because comprehensive sex ed was his first initiative as a prince and i had such a sex ed boner and then (laughs) and then i had such heart eyes and then she's like my god Just okay, just so you know, guys, this, this man is moment, everything. This moment is not presented by Alyssa Cole as the swoon moment in this conversation. Oh, in fact, it is so swoon, so hard, so swoony. I, Swooning. Yes, I understand that Melody is swooning. <laughs> However, in reality, in the text of this book, it's like she's trying to say something really nice and his misunderstanding is like consistently offensive. Like she's and like, well, I spilled gonorrhea. And he's like, it's cool that you have gonorrhea. And she's like, no, I'm I'm trying to commiserate with you. Like, And then he says, well, it's good. Basically, it's good that you found this serving career because you're very good at it. And it's it's a good idea that you quit the job that you're so bad at. And she's no, like, no, yeah, I'm not. He's like, I did it. Right. I'm still doing it. And he's like, well, you should quit. You're clearly very bad at this sort of thing. Yeah. Then she completely defends herself and she's like, no, I am an incredibly Mm -hmm. good lab assistant now. I'm so good at it that my postdoc keeps on trying to give me all of his work. And at that point, I had such a competency boner and like a (laughs) self-assurance boner that I kind of didn't know what to do with myself, if I'm being honest. And we're only in chapter four. Um. So also, she, after that explanation and commiseration is done, she holds out her fist to him for a fist bump. (laughs) And he says, black power? And then he does like the full full black power. He just watched a documentary about civil rights. And then he does the full full (laughs) fist in the air. And she laughed, that tinkling laugh again. But this time it didn't anger him. It made him want to know what he had done to cause it so he could create the sound again and again. Uh. Um, That's not what I was going for, but... Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Black power. Yeah. (laughs) Everything about it. Then she tells him to go get a burner and put it under a blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's like, listen, I'll do all the hard things. I'm going to do the 20 hard things that need to be done. Mm -hmm. I need you to get a burner from the chef and put it under a fondue pot. That's all I need you to do. Well, he goes and the chef isn't there. I felt so bad for him. Chef wasn't there. So he's just like, I can do this. I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Like, I'm a man. I am a a competent person. I'm the leader of a whole country. I can figure out what the burner is. 
That's right. And so he, he finds does something not. that he believes to be the burner, lights it. I don't know what it is. Dynamite? Like, I'm not sure what he actually finds and lights and <laughs> puts know. under the fondue part. But he manages to set the whole dessert table on fire. And himself. His sleeve is on fire. Mm-hmm. So, because he's, like, trying to put it out. So she comes running over with a fire extinguisher, puts the whole thing out, puts him out, does the whole thing. And she's like, are you okay? And the look of disappointment on her mm-hmm. face just sets him off. His mm-hmm. pride is now shattered and toxic masculinity well, takes oh, over. God. And she, she just goes, goes she, for the well, jugular. She goes off first where she's like, listen, I've been trying to train you here. Well, he's like, aren't you supposed to be training me? How am I supposed to know what a burner is? And she's like, I have been training you and I've been waiting on people and I've been cleaning up messes and I've been putting out mm-hmm. all the fires, literal and figurative that you've started. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you really shouldn't talk about cleaning up after others as if it's something oh. to be proud of. His indignation flared higher, perhaps, than the flames that he had that had nearly singed, nearly singed his beard. <laughs> Only a dog seeks reward for performing lowly tasks for others. Fetch, pour, serve. You're no better than a, a Saint Bernard. Oh. And yeah. she goes, "Is your arm burnt?" And he goes, "No." And she's like, "Good. I'm gonna Get fire your ass cold. Out. Yeah. Get the fuck out." Yep. Which correct response so then tobiso goes nuts he (laughs) he enacts this insane plan yeah where he finds her across the hall neighbor he convinces her that she needs to visit her family in puerto rico after the hurricane he sets her up in like five-star accommodations and then just to seal the deal he he does like this donation to it's a humanitarian aid donation yeah like because she didn't she didn't she was like this is too good to be true and he's like no i just need you out of your apartment so that i can live there so that i can stalk my former betrothed (laughs) yeah and well he says it's not stalking he's just trying to continue observing her without her knowledge um (laughs) or revealing his identity yeah. yeah. Um Lakotsi is very against this plan. Yeah, uh, Lakotsi's like, no, says, sire, this is stalking. If you will not take my advice as your assistant, then please take it as a woman. This is a very <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> but he presses on. Uh, notably, Mrs. Garcia across the way has one of those couches that's covered in plastic. This will come back. Yeah, Let's well. see. And then um, Lakotsi signs him up for one of those meal delivery services that you have to cook. Sort of probably like Blue Apron. Yes. So his meal service arrives just as naledi arrives home mm-hmm. and she's like oh that's weird i'll give it to mrs garcia because she's always home at this time so it would be really weird if she didn't answer the door yeah and then Tabiso opens it or i guess jamal opens it in yeah. naledi's eyes and she's very like herf but like also maybe yeah she's a little freaked out i mean she she starts holding her keys in between her fingers because yeah yeah. but also like what what would be the master plan here like it doesn't really make sense stalking her yeah but like she didn't sign up jamal to be trained or whatever like she she accepts this as a coincidence i don't know if i saw a dude that got really angry with me the day before all of a sudden living in the apartment of the woman who has raised her whole family there and has lived there for 30 years and like doesn't leave the house. I would wonder if he had her head in the bathtub. That's fair. So that he could take things over and watch me. (laughs) I just feel like their interaction 
was so quickly before and was like not if he had been like super mad at her and been like fuck you bitch like yeah, if it yeah. had been like really <laughs> bad yeah absolutely murdered mrs garcia but it wasn't super duper bad it was just kind of i don't like, know ladies get assaulted and or murdered for turning down dates politely so i am really cool tell me all about <laughs> I am- it no <laughs> I am cool with her hesitation. (laughs) Fair. So he's like, listen, my behavior yesterday was abysmal. I'm really, really ashamed of it. I would like to cook you dinner if you would be so kind. And if actually, he says, if you can deal with my company for the amount of time it takes to cook and eat, I would love to do this for you. It's so cute. Adorable. So she's like, great. I'm not cooking, though. And then the moment she realizes he doesn't know how to light a gas burner even, she's like, mm-hmm. move over. I'm going to cook this goddamn chicken. Mm-hmm. And they have this awesome talk that ranges from her parents dying and her being in foster care to Brian the lab asshole. Mm-hmm. And, and what gaslighting is. They talk and... about gaslighting. So she's like, this fuck boy is going to be like, not all men, mm-hmm. but instead he's like, ah, that that makes sense because it's similar to the research that shows that when women speak more than once or twice in like a work setting, mm-hmm. people think they're taking over the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I, I sort of didn't want to make any sudden movements, but I had to press him on this. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't she didn't go in and eat dinner with him or d- agree to cook dinner with him because she was like, oh, I'll give him a second chance. She went in no. and ate dinner with him because she was like free food because she didn't want to eat poor. ramen. Yeah. 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 And so he's like, yeah, so it would make sense that if you say no to Brian too many times, he's going to think that you're just the person who's like not a teammate. And I had such a dude feminist boner at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just unfurled this whole, whole book. <laughs> gross. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> um, also, he says a few things that kind of tip her off that he's super duper rich. Like he says yeah. some things like what's layaway. Um, right. He doesn't understand like what foster care is really. Mm-hmm. There are a few things that he's just like, well, she also knows he's from a different country because he has kind of like yeah. a British like plus something. She extra sort of has accent. like a, like, yeah, a pan-African accent. Yeah. Which ugh, can I just listen? The guy on the mm-hmm. cover is fine. Looks handsome. Totally. There's something about cover man that reminds me of Lincoln from The Bachelor. I know. And then with the accent also, like there was something about like I had to really push that cover man out of my head and be like, Tay Diggs, Tay Diggs, Tay Diggs. Like I Oh, couldn't... did you go Tay Diggs? Yeah. Who did you imagine? Idris Elba? No, I went full Chadwick Boseman. Mm, a Black yes. Panther. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> full Ooh. Oh, because he's got those short dreads on top. He's got the beard. He's got the hot. He's got the Pan-African accent in, in that because Wakanda forever. He, <laughs> you know what? he doesn't has everything. Do a lot for me, but Michael oh. B. Jordan does. <laughs> oh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. But he's not yeah. he's not tall enough. He's not big enough to be this guy. <gasps> Have you seen the YouTube video of Melody, Michael Jordan? This is Iron. not this is the second time you've asked it, me that, and I'm sure? the one who sent it to you. <laughs> I just need the whole like, world to see it. I sent it to you months ago. And <laughs> since then, you have asked me twice if I've seen it. I'm not giving credit where credit is due. No, you're not. What a it's, it's upsetting. And I brought this into your life. 
Anyway, guys, HBs, <laughs> well, if you have not you. seen the video of Michael B. Jordan ironing, you're not living in Sweet this Lord, world. We'll, we'll tweet it. We're going to tweet it. We've already shared it on the call. We're going to share it sure. more. I'll share it every day <laughs> <laughs> for the next three years. That's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So he is helping her chop things and then he sets the table and she says that like the look of sort of hopeful pride in his eyes when he sort of presents her with this set table and like the Disney eyes that he's giving her, she can't do it. And so she's like, I have to go right now. Uh, gets my backpack, picks up my thing, puts one foot in front of the other and mm-hmm. is like leaving. And um, the only thing he says is, please take half of this meal yeah, because you made it. Yeah, he puts He's like, you made Bleh. it and you wanted to eat it. And it looks so Ugh. good. It's so good. Aww. So... She doesn't have to waitress for the next few days because people got food poisoning, which is delightfully coincidental. I don't think that he poisoned people in order no. to make this happen. No. no. He would never. No. So she has a friend date with Portia that's really cute. Yeah. And as they leave their apartment, she runs into super, super hottie McHot Hot from across the hall, Jamal. And every time she runs into him, she has this kind of feeling of like home. There's something very familiar about him. And she gets kind of this wave of feelings like he smells like something that stirs something in her memory. Uh, Nice. And they flirt adorably. He reenacts the action movie that was her putting out the fire at the Institute. And they're giggling hilariously. And she can't figure out why his smell Makes her tear up a little bit and want to be held. Uh-huh. Ugh. And while this conversation is going on, Lakotsi walks in. And yeah. both of these girls are like, damn, she is the most well-dressed, beautiful, yeah. sharp lady we've <laughs> ever seen in our lives. Does Lakotsi get some kind of a something-something I novel? really want... I hope. She's, she's like... Crazy hot, beautiful, bald, like really good fashion sense uh-huh. and is into other ladies She's a and queer I want woman to read about yeah. it. Alyssa, if you're listening, will you give us a, a novella, maybe? Something. Something. Well, that would be amazing. Uh-huh. We would love you forever because Lakotsi deserves her H-E-A. Uh. <laughs> so uh. she walks in and she's like she's starting to say highness. <laughs> so she goes, hi, yeah. hi, man. <laughs> <laughs> I regret that I have distressing news about stuff things you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so they uh go into uh serious talk and then Portia and uh, Naledi go off to the museum serious things we need to mention people are falling gravely ill back in the solo and an elder has gotten ill and that happens to be Naledi's grandmother Um, They don't know if she's going to recover or not. And their doctors, which are some of the best in the world, cannot figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. We also learned that the night before he was so hard and didn't want to jerk off in Mrs. Garcia's house because he (laughs) felt like it was disrespectful. So instead, he Googled gaslighting and foster care because he's the best. (laughs) (laughs) He educated himself about Uh things that are important to Naledi. (laughs) 
And he's just heartbroken by the idea that she had this, you know, ancestors are so important to their culture and yeah. home and all this. And she had these parents that were so integral to the country of the solo. And they came here to America and, and she, he found out last night, then pretty much immediately died. And now she's yeah. just been shuffled in these foster care people. And she has between foster care people and she has no idea who she is or where she's from or and he's just like heartbroken well, and, over it. and she had such a rich beautiful network and and support mm-hmm. system back home and then of course had nothing in the u.s yeah so and he's really also heartbroken by this oh um yeah also just yeah it really changes the narrative you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. also a little tidbit he sees lipstick mm-hmm. on her lapel Ayo. She's also it. wearing the same suit as yesterday, you yeah. naughty Lakotsi. He tugged at her lapel, which bore a red stain of some sort. Lipstick? There's a term native to this region, I learned last night. Nanya. <laughs> Nanya, he says. <laughs> Nanya business is the full colloquialism. Lakotsi got a faraway look in her eye and smiled as she said it, as if there was some joke in the words that Tabizo could not decipher. Mm. I want to know what happened in specific detail i want to know what she was thinking about that's all yeah if there's a newsletter that we can tune into in order to get that (laughs) we would love to just fyi yeah so she like sends him off to the un for his big day of printing and then we switch back to letty's perspective she has a wonderful day with portia and she has a study session later and she actually confides in her study mate about her mia advisor and like Mm -hmm. the fact that her she has this really really important practicum that's supposed to be this summer but she cannot get a response about what's happening how she gets there anything like that Mm -hmm. so they craft a letter up the chain and during this oh man she has this this flashback to being in a waiting room of social services and an older kid telling her you never ever tattle on adults because mm-hmm. they will find a way to make you pay for it and that is all she can think about as she hits send like oh mm-hmm. so another yellow spatula uh-huh. which is the name of the food delivery service box mm-hmm. arrives um and the delivery man gives it to her as she comes home from a long day of work and so and what she, she does ding dong ditch him yeah she <laughs> unlocks her door <laughs> so that she can make an entry very fast into her apartment then she puts the box down knocks and then bolts to her door <laughs> Well, what she doesn't know is he's probably like looking through the peephole already and oh, yeah. he like opens the door and he's like, Nalani, and she's yeah. completely caught in the act. So then he invites her again and he's like, I'm going to cook for you. Like, I shouldn't have let you take over yesterday because I want to do for you. Mm-hmm. She agrees. But then she's like, I have to I have to feed the grams. And he's like, I thought you didn't have family here. And she's like, yeah, well, I'll show you. So he goes into her teeny tiny like closet of an apartment, watches her feed her mice and he's like you voluntarily live with vermin <laughs> it's horrifying you feed them in your house also we learn during this conversation that he's never taken the subway before she says yeah. something about uh disgusting transportation and needing to wash her hands because of the subway and he's like yes i've heard the subways are covered in filth and that beggars cost you at every turn and he's like <laughs> it's not quite that bad jamal um and she's like 
Hold uh, on. Don't say things like that. Only people who've never taken the train say things like that. Right. And he just, like, doesn't say anything. And she's like, right. what? Like, how yeah. rich are you that you've never taken the subway? <laughs> yeah. And then, so then she dives a little deeper and she's like, so where are you from, actually? And mm-hmm. he's just vague enough and she's just distracted enough because she gets another email from the scammer. She gets a text from Portia, I think. she Something happens. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, you're from South Africa. Because he says that he's from the south of Africa. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and he doesn't correct her. Yeah. And then they go to his apartment to make dinner. And then, you guys, we get the best time jump that ever time jumped. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to be Time Lords with us? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so they <laughs> all of a sudden... <laughs> A siren wails. Letty <laughs> has a half-wakeful. So serious, how you said it? Are you ready to be time lords with us? I am. Like this isn't PBS. Um. Okay. Oh, wouldn't this be hilarious if it was PBS? Let's get. <laughs> okay. Oh, welcome to NPR PBS time romance novel talk where we talk about clip spanking and alien double penetration. That's right. Bring it on, NPR. I will work for you. So Letty has a half wakeful dream about her parents and then fully wakes up and there is a muscular man sleeping on the couch next to her beautifully. On her shoulder, snuggling up on her. And then she says that the look of him in such an intimate setting makes her understand why people want to wake up next to somebody forever. Like, oh, she was suddenly all too aware of the feel of Jamal's arm resting against hers of all the places where he pressed into her. She knew the weight of him now and could imagine how it would feel anchoring her into a mattress as he his arm went around her, her waist Uh as his lashes fluttered. And then he wakes up and he says, oh, wait. Uh huh. He says, it's not often a man can say that reality is better than the dream he was having. And my dream was very good. (laughs) And I swooned. And then she apologizes for falling asleep. And he says, don't worry. I like it. If you haven't noticed, I like you being here. And you were exhausted and you needed to sleep from your long day. And I double swooned. And then he starts sliding one hand up her leg with Disney eyes mm-hmm. and his arm tightens around her waist. And then he looks at her and he goes, I'm going to kiss you. Uh-huh. And she goes, okay. <laughs> and then holy kiss, Batman. And then he what goes, a kiss. So, so they kiss and kiss and kiss. And you should buy this book and read the kiss. But, uh, bing, boom, bong. Oh, I'm sorry. He talks about how sweet and delicious this kiss was, which... I'm sure that it was, but both of these two have eaten garlic grilled cheese and then slept for a while. I don't feel like it was sweet. I feel like it was mm. real garlicky and sleepy. No, I don't see the problem. They ate the same thing. Uh, but like that they slept. Ugh. They Ugh. slept for like two hours. Get over yourself. Oh, wow. No, I was totally fine with this. They oh, ate I was the same fine thing. with it. Garlic it is in, delicious. It was just in the back of my head where I was like, ooh. Also, they're in the first parts of romance time, oh, you know, yeah. where you I'm don't not think about complaining about things. This wasn't a things. hot, sweet kiss, but they must super like each other because that breath was kicking and you know that it was on both um, ends. Ingoka chose them for each other. <laughs> <laughs> of course they really like each other. <laughs> 
Okay. You're really like super believing in this goddess, huh? I'm sorry. Any religion that makes a hot, hot man say the word goddess during sex is something I can sign up for. Not only does he say, oh my goddess, several times during sex, but it does not even, she doesn't go hurt at all. She's just like, yep, that that is what I deserve in my life. (laughs) Yeah, because maybe he's talking about her. And a lot of times he is. So then he goes, Letty, I want to touch you badly. Can I touch you? And she goes, yeah, uh, definitely. Go ahead and do that. And you guys, it is on TM. TM. So he pulls her sweater down her shoulders because she's got this boat neck off the shoulder situation going on. Pulls it down so that her arms are plastered against her body. And then he kisses down the places. And then there is some hot, hot, like... Uh, like nipple stimulation situations happening. And then he pulls her cups down and he's like, beautiful. And then there's more excellent boob action. And this is another version of the great beard action that all the sharks mm-hmm. can enjoy. Because there's a moment where he pulls away and she like, she arches into him because she can't move very well. She arches into him in order to brush her nipple against his beard again. Mm-hmm. Also, at one point, he says, do you like that? Oh. And then when his hands stopped moving, she looked up at him and realized that he was actu- actually asking a question, not just making idle, dirty talk to fill the silence. I like oh, that. <laughs> I like that so much. And then she reaches down to grab his erection and he goes, Mm-mm. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm taking care of you tonight. Remember? And this is such a like bittersweet moment because on the one hand, she loves hearing him say he wants to take care of her, but mm-hmm. she's also trying to remind herself that he said tonight, like it's a limited time offer. Mm-hmm. And then there is an excellent finger bang. Which she calls finger banging. Yes, yes she does. Thank you, Noletti. Thank that you. That is what it is. It's finger banging. That That's is what, what it's it is. called. That's right. Also... It was about here where he says, goddess, you're so wet. And then it occurred to me, they are Mm. on that plastic couch. Think of how crinkly this was. Oh, yeah. Because like when Lakotsi was sitting there earlier, like the the writing was all about how it like kept squeaking and crumpling and stuff. Oh, yeah. But you know what, Aaron? They can't hear that over their gasping breaths (laughs) and moans. And the the sound of their hearts pounding in their just, own ears. I just wanted you to That's, remember that ooh. it's like crinkle, crinkle, crinkle on yeah, Mrs. Garcia's there for it. floral couch. Okay. Yeah, okay. I wish that there had been more nakedness so that we could have gotten like like one of those skidding raspberry sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so then he looks at her and she's like the the most intimate part of this finger bang situation was that he was looking at her like she was a goddess, like a queen, his queen. And then she's like, God, yes, Jamal. And he hesitates a little bit, but then keeps going. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, she like pops up and like puts her jeans on and stuff. And she's a little awkward. And he's like, all right, you go get some sleep. I'm No, he tells her to leave. And he says, I'm not kicking you out. Well, I mm -hmm. am. But only because if you don't leave, I'm going to be tempted to fuck you senseless. And he he exhaled sharply, ran his hand through his hair. And she's like, he just finger banged me senseless. So Letty couldn't understand how his penis could possibly add anything else to the equation unless he was one of those penetration equals commitment kind of guys. How big was your boner right there? So hard. Yeah. It was so big. Um, It was basically like the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) 
I'll tell you that so, much. He kisses her again, says he wants her to take him on the subway tomorrow and they could go do something that she wants to do. Yeah. And she's like, oh, of course he only wants me to do something that helps him. And then he's like, I don't have a destination in mind. I just want to go somewhere that makes you happy. And she's like, oh, no. Every time I think he's being a jerk, he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so cute. So um, she gets in a little fight with Portia, but it doesn't super matter. No. And then he, the next time we see him, he's in this lunch meeting with the people from the corporation that want to dig up all the natural resources of uh, the Solo. Yeah. Wait, I, I have to say one thing about the restaurant, because these assholes take him to this not so African restaurant in the city. And there's this amazing metaphor about this Franken chair that's yeah. sitting in a d- display. It's like has zebra legs and other tusks and lion pelts and all the things. And he calls it an unironic display of how when it came to Africa, foreigners had no qualms about taking the pieces they wanted and rearranging them as they saw fit. Oh, it's so good. Like the mm-hmm. commentary in this book is also incredibly good. So. Yeah. It becomes clear throughout the meeting that the Omega reps think that this is done, that like they've been having some backroom deals with the the finance minister, Alec, that is kind of a thorn in his side. He's forgotten the name of the guy from Omega Corp that he's talking to. And he's yeah. like, what was his name? Tad? Todd? Tad, Bezo Todd could never something. remember these silly American names. So great. Yeah, but basically he, at the end of the thing, they, they try to gaslight him. Yeah, he recognizes. They're like, you know, your your kingdom is in a disarray economically or it's going to decline soon. And he's like, this is what it is. This is gaslighting because yep. I know what the economics of my country are like. And he's like, nope, that's not true. And I'm calling you on it. You're gaslighting yeah. me. And uh, then he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this meeting because you guys are lying to me. And they're like, uh, you pretty much have to go with us. And your finance man- minister said that you would. Right. And he's basically like every country you go into ends up in civil war and resource uh, scarcity and all these different things. So he blows it's so that good. on purpose. So he huffs off, grabs a taxi, has a really excellent conversation with a taxi driver that you should read. Oh, because Lacosi is making him take Ubers and taxis because yeah. she's like, oh, you want to be Jamal now? You can right. be Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> and then back at his apartment, Lacosi's like, I already had a call from the finance minister that you fucked this up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. So good. And then um, she's like, also, are you seeing her today? Because you need to tell her it is becoming a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a problem mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bad. And he's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to do it. So she picks him up at his door and she's like, hey, do you want to take that subway excursion still? Mm-hmm. And the scent of him, she like goes up and smells him and he tells her that it's made from a native flower called the Eng flower, I think. Yeah, it's a special oil. Yeah. So the next chapter, they're in the subway, and it starts out with him talking. He's like, why is it so hot down here? What is that strange smell? Are those cats (laughs) frolicking on the tracks? Dear goddess, they're rats. (laughs) And she takes him to a bodega where they get a sandwich, and he's horrified, thinking how the meat has been out too long. And the guy's like, you can fuck off if you don't like our meat. Yeah. That's right. Good stuff. And then down in the... They actually get on the subway, and they he sees his first ever dance performance like mm-hmm. a like a break dance performance by local kids and the oh, there is the one part of the book that took me out of it do you want to hear what it was mm-hmm. so these kids who are like doing all the dances and they're doing pop and locks and all the things 
he hands them what has to be like an obscene tip. I'm thinking it's mm-hmm. like a $100 bill sure. or something. And the one of them looks up and goes, thanks, thanks mister. mister. <laughs> May we have some more? And I was like, this kid is not from Mayberry. You guys didn't you're think in, my terrible street in- urchin voice would come back, did you? <laughs> Thank you, mister. <laughs> it was really cute. So I'll allow it because I don't know this kid, but I just couldn't. I, I was like, huh? No, <laughs> as soon as ridiculous. I <laughs> like maybe if Tabiso were like a very like an ancient white man with a cane and like a <laughs> like sure. a bowler hat, like I could see a youth calling him Mister. Right. But like he's just like a normal, pretty young dude. Like yeah, super funny. So they're Most- standing on the subway, and he tells her that he didn't want to explain his wealth and his background because he really wanted her to get to know him for him. That. A lot of times during his mm-hmm. life, the women only see his status and what he represents. Mm-hmm. So he really just wanted to get to know her and and mm-hmm. the other way around. And then he's like, because I really like you. Aww. And she's like, oh, God, I put myself out on this branch, like on this limb. And it's OK. This is great. And then she falls out of the subway because do not lean against the door, Letty. Don't lean against the doors. (laughs) I do all the time, but don't do it. Also. And then. And he catches her. (sighs) And he catches her and then she kisses him. (sighs) And then the subway person is like, that's why you don't lean against the doors, Letty. (laughs) Also, he's like looking around the subway and he's like, God, I knew American infrastructure was like crumbling, but I didn't realize it was this bad. And she's like, this city is held together on hopes and insomnia or something like that. She's like, who needs infrastructure? And he's like, um, Americans. Yeah, <laughs> America does. Yeah. The whole place. So then she takes him to the cloisters and this gorgeous park and she's like showing him around and he's like, you know, stop, calm down, stop being a tour guide. I'm not paying. I just want to do something for you. And she sits down and she goes, all right, entertain me then. And he has this whole moment where he's like, I don't know if it was how I felt when she crossed her legs or the fact that she was really letting me in, but I just had to do it. And so he does. He's like, he's like, what should I dance? She goes, did you pick up something from the youths? And he's like, no, I've always had my own moves. Yeah. And so he like, he like steps sideways and starts doing this hip gyration situation. Because that is the dance that every young Thessalonian boy needs to learn in order to become a man. The dance of manhood. <laughs> and she walls at it. She's like, ha, 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 what a up. stupid dance. <laughs> and he's like, she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't know what I just did to her. But yeah. I bewitched her with my hips. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, okay, this is also now the third time. He's tried to tell her who he actually is. Mm-hmm. He tried to tell her just before she fell out of the subway and then, right. of course, got distracted. Then he tries to tell her in the park and he like sort of starts this fairy tale situation where he tells her about where he's from and about the betrothal and how she disappeared and all that sort of thing. And then he's like, if somebody could tell you everything about your past, would you want to know? Mm-hmm. And... Horror of horrors. This is like the first time Michael tried to tell me he loved me. She's Mm -hmm. just like, no, I would not want to know that. Why would that help me? Like looking into the past has never helped me. And he doesn't know 
what to do. Have I told you about when Michael first tried to tell me he loved him? No. Have I told you about when David told me he loved me? No. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Michael, we're in New York City. Michael has this whole plan. We've been riding around all day. And he's like, oh, I really want to go take a carriage ride. Like, why don't we go take a romantical carriage ride? And I'm like, ugh, those carriages, right? Like, (laughs) they are awful. The horses are just walking on concrete all day. And they're old as fuck. And the poor things, like, they are, that is not the way a horse should live. Put them out Mm -hmm. to pasture. Like, that's awful. Yeah. And then I get a text from two friends and i'm like why don't instead why why don't we go to thai and watch our drunk friends drink mm-hmm. and, and he's like oh okay oh god <laughs> <laughs> turns out he had planned to like tuck me under a blanket and use this romantical carriage ride as his first i love you to me and Aww. i just pooped all over it <laughs> david said i love you before bed one night uh, hmm. by accident and then Aww. he was like, okay, good night. I love you. Wait, I do not love you. He was like, no, that's not true. And then he he overcompensated so far the other way that it was like hurtful. And I was like, okay, well, everybody's super clear that you don't love me. Thanks for that today. Like, good. I was kind of wondering if maybe you did, but you've made it super duper clear now. And he's like, well, no, it's not that I like, it's not like, it's not like I don't, don't, but like, no, I did not mean to say it or anything. Like, it was off the chain crazy. And I don't even remember when he actually did say the it for real. Up. Because, like, that moment <laughs> looms so large in my mind that he was just, like, so adamant that he didn't love me. Um, yeah, that's the only one I remember. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> he does now. Okay. He does. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay now. <laughs> so she tries to, she, like, is just like, no, fuck that. Do not, nobody should tell me. I don't need to know. And then she gets a really terrible call. That mm-hmm. it's it's regarding her job. He doesn't get any of the info. And so she just scampers off because she has to go deal with this emergency. Yeah. Well, she's, I think she tells him that. Her, so her internship got shut down because the funding got yeah. cut. I think she tells yeah. him that. Oh, does she? Okay. Because yeah, she had told him about her cool big internship already. Yeah. And so she goes off and leaves him in the park alone. So she has this horrible day. She finds out the internship gets cut. She tells Portia, Portia says, hey, listen, I've got this like fundraiser that my parents want me to go to for the Department of Public Health, something, something. And I have some people I can introduce you to. Maybe you can schmooze and get some funding for your program. And so she agrees to go to that. Or maybe we can find you a new internship. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's back at her house and Uh he knocks on the door. Shows up at her door with boy does the he. best thing you can show up with uh huh meaty sandwiches from that bodega because right. she's That's so right. hungry because they didn't actually eat they no, picked up yeah. those sandwiches and then didn't ha- get to have their cute picnic mm-hmm. so oh. um she grabs those sandwiches and then he's also going to tell her like yes. this is going to be the he's moment like we need to talk yeah. I want to talk to you about something really important she's like sandwiches. I don't want to talk I just want to <laughs> fuck your face off and eat yes. these sandwiches and so <laughs> they do uh, even mid sex he's like wait we can't do this it's, he says I need to tell you he said between kisses who I am I know who you are she said she pushed away from him and pulled off the screen printed t-shirt she was wearing feeling a soft worn revealing a soft worn looking gray bra cupping her silky brown breasts you're the guy who learned to cook for me the guy who's made me laugh harder than maybe ever and who made me come so hard I thought I'd peed myself and he's like <laughs> I love that you speak so freely um <laughs> so <laughs> 
It's he so just good. he can't tell her because there's so much uh, sex oh. going on and it's really good sex. Oh my god, he fucks her like he was cosmically designed for it, and he's trying to prove something. Yeah, and both of these things are true. Both <laughs> of those things are true. Thank Ingoka. So uh-huh. yeah. And then <sighs> he says something about like it being wonderful and like more than sex. And she's like, no, this is sex. To prove it to you, I'm going to get up and pee so I don't get a UTI. And then he no. listens to her pee and listens to the toilet flush. And it says water ran. He heard her humming the happy birthday song. And then the water stopped. <laughs> she's a public health student. <laughs> oh, also, oh he asks if she has condoms and she pulls out like 50 condoms from her bag. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a public health grad student. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Lakotsi comes in. She's super pissed that he's had sex with her and still hasn't yeah. uh, revealed his identity. He's also kind of pissed about it because he doesn't know what to do now. Yeah. She's also found out about the meeting with Omega Corp. He explains to her why he blew off the meeting and all that kind of stuff. So now yeah. it's time for the big fundraiser. Big fundraiser. So she gets ready. She gets in her fanciest dress. She's doing the thing. She She's like, I... I guess Portia could have gotten me a gown, but I'm just doing this myself. Yep. It's a good dress. Yeah. Portia shows up at her house with her car service, basically, Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, is this like a really special occasion? And then realizes that, no, Portia just like eschews all of this stuff when um, she's with her because she doesn't want to make Letty feel uncomfortable about her own wealth. So... They show up at the fundraiser. She does her schmoozing. Oh, this is now the second, like, Portia sort of sort of thinks about saying something to her and then hesitates yeah. twice. Mm-hmm. And she, both times she's like, I could follow up on that, but I guess I won't yet. Yeah. So cool. She meets the woman that she's supposed to meet and gets offered an intern- mm-hmm. uh, internship. So she's like, it's not a sexy internship. It's not going to give me an amazing thesis, but... It'll do. Mm-hmm. And she also meets Portia's sister, Reggie, who I hope also gets a book, who is in charge yeah, of the that. website that she's always on, Girls With Glasses uh-huh. or whatever. But then... The the thing. man of honor well, gets first, introduced. Okay, so she knows oh. Prince Tabizo is there because somebody says something to her about like yes. Prince Tabizo of the solo. They're having an outbreak of some mystery disease. And so Tabizo's here. And she knows that name and that country from the email she's been getting. So she's going to make yeah. it a point to find Prince Tabizo in this. And tell, uh, him, and tell him what scammers are doing in his name. Yep. <laughs> and then they're all seated. They're waiting oh. for the speech. And Tabizo gets up and she sees him and he sees her and And she is pissed. not cool about it. No. She stands up. Yep. She looks at Portia and she goes, Did you know about this? Yeah. And Portia's like, I mean Because yeah, Portia's not kinda. having the appropriate reaction to also right. finding out this news. Right. And she's like, So you brought me here just to be humiliated? Yeah. And Portia's like, What? No, no, he you should, shouldn't should, be, he should humiliated. be humiliated. He's the liar. Yeah. Oh, oh. Also, his parents have emailed him being like don't worry we chose you a wife so you can take that off your list yeah and then the person when they're introducing him they're like all right prince to be so of the solo uh we also need to congratulate him on his upcoming marriage uh-huh. and so she's like holy and fuck <laughs> and you're engaged yeah and so she fucks right out of that room she storms right off it causes a huge scene you know like the whole gossip reporters all the things well because he chases her too he tries to chase her off the stage but reggie who's in a wheelchair porsche's sister 
like fucking pulls up her wheelchair on the stage stairs so that he can't she get talks by. To, yeah, she talks to her robot in her chair and she's yeah. like, hey, call this lady a cab, yep. please. So uh, she's a hero. Reggie is a bamf. Yeah. And so she, uh, Portia, I think he like finds her at the elevator, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. She st- he stops the elevator. Yeah. And he's like, I can explain. She's like, you can't explain the lying, the stalking, the craziness. You don't yeah. need to explain. No. I don't need an explanation. It's not going to help. Uh-huh. Oh, God. And it's so beautiful because he sees like he wants to keep going. But then he sees that a couple of tears slip down her face. Uh-huh. And he's like, I know that the worst part about this is not my betrayal for her. It's the fact that she cracked and showed emotion in front of me mm-hmm. and so he he lets the doors close and he's just heartbroken mm-hmm. so he and she lays awake oh yeah they take the stairs uh, um, 47, 47 flights, flights down and then she lays awake all night like kind of hoping he might knock on her door but also yeah. like not and then next yes. day at work Oh, um, let's see. Fucking I Brian. I want to find it. She's yeah, fucking do. over it. Everything. She is Everything. over it. She has no more fucks to give. Apparently. Oh, sure. I'll do that. Letty had been in- incinerated by the flames of her frustration. And I wish a motherfucker <laughs> would, Letty, have risen <laughs> from the ashes. <laughs> oh, so good. So I think we have to stop there, don't you? Yeah. 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 This isn't the end of the book, you guys. Oh, no. Here's what we are doing for you. This is the gift we are giving you. Yes. This is a gift. In this two-part episode. Yes. Much like the kiss quotient, you need to do whatever you have to do to get your hands on this book and read it before the next episode comes Mm -hmm. out. I, I don't care if you find money on the ground and then you put it toward this book. Um, you know, do do whatever you have to do. That's to not make it that happen. bad of a thing to find money I on was, the ground and put it put I it toward was, this book. Listen, you were gonna say you gonna... don't care if you have to steal it. That's what you're gonna say. I was, and, and I couldn't, couldn't do it. it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Oh, I tried. Yeah, don't I'm steal not... it. Don't steal no. it. But if you're if listen, don't guys, break any social contracts. Yeah, right. If you're one of these ladies that's got the book on hold at the library, don't do that. Don't do that. Not for this one. Go ahead and just yeah. just if you if you can spare the five bucks or whatever it is to yeah. grab it on your Kindle. Do that with this one. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I could, I was, <laughs> I'm a fucking or idiot. shake <laughs> whoever has it at the library. <laughs> no, I'm no, also not that. I was going to be like, just go to the library and read it while you're there. So you don't have to take it. <laughs> As if being on hold at the library didn't mean that somebody else <laughs> it's had gone. It. Yeah. yeah. Or find out who has it. Read over her shoulder. Go find her. Yes. Go to her house. Yeah. Like and say, can we share Prince please? Tabiso I think would that do. she'll say yes. Yes, I think she would too. If she's any kind of person who believes in lady love. If she's an HB, she'll do it. In a heartbeat. Okay, so that is the gift we're giving to you. Go forth and, and do, do this for yourself because this is not the end, you guys. There is a whole journey coming up that I am super stoked about. So, Aaron, do you have a lady love? Do you? Yes. Okay. Okay. So it's hard to make friends as an adult, and I totally know that. But my lady love this week is if a person seems a little bit nice, power through those awkward pauses and like all of your instincts to leave a situation immediately because it's unfamiliar and just see 
if there is a, a, a bridge that you can build between you and an excellent person. And I say that because of this glass lady that I met at the arts festival. Like, she was a fellow vendor, so I sort of had an in with her there, but I was just talking to her about her work. And then later on, I saw that she was totally alone, um, like at that point at her vendor, mm-hmm. at her stall. And so I went over and I was like, hey, listen, I understand that this might be a really personal offer, but you have not been spelled at all since you got here. And if you need to pee... I am more than willing to watch your booth for you. And she was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I will be right back. (laughs) And then we were friends and we followed each other on Instagram and we're going to set up a coffee date and it's going to be really great. So just power through because there's I cannot tell you the amount of times during our first interaction where anytime there was a pause, I was ready to just be like, "Okay, bye. See you never (laughs) and then leave. Yeah. So good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Friends. Make friends. Yeah. Make friends. Do you, if you don't have one, that's okay. I don't think I do. I'm sorry. You know what? Aaron's Lady Love is treat yourself to this novel. Yeah. Read this that's book. That's what it is. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Treat yourself. Give up whatever costs $5 tomorrow mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. and treat yourself to this book. Definitely. All right. All right. You can find us on Facebook at Heaving Bosoms and our Facebook group, Heaving Bosoms Podcast, Geriatric Friendship Cult, <laughs> um, where there actually are meetups happening, um, especially if you live in the Chicagoland area, you need uh-huh. to get on it. Um, and I think kind of like the Louisiana, Texas area, too, I saw. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're on Twitter, Heaving underscore Bosoms, Instagram, Heaving Bosoms, at Heaving Bosoms, Heaving Bosoms Podcast at Gmail. Oh, hey, guys, we're going to have a like a year anniversary episode coming up. Email us questions you want us to. We're going to do like a listener email questions, uh, listener bag. What is, yeah, what is it called? Listener you, questions thing. Yeah. So our thing was this crazy podcast has been amazing. But the thing that makes it amazing is you guys. Like, I can't believe the amount of incredible support and like actual friendships that are happening yeah. as a result of this thing. So if you want to email us, whatever you want, you can email us questions like burning questions. You can email us a really important story that romance has to do with your life, whether it's your first romance novel or just like a turning point in your sense of adulthood or, you know, whatever it is. You can you can also send us those those whether or not you're super relaxed during your personal orgasm oh my god stories melody. i got one of them i got one melody. get it melody we are friends now that's how you are my friend <laughs> all right okay whatever you want yeah yeah so keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love the experience of a hot guy with a matriarchal religion. <laughs> oh my god. Goddess? Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Bye, Byron. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. 
Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs> 